Listener Production. Australia Today's Morning Agenda with Natasha Belling. Good morning. Thanks for your company. Let's check what's making headlines this Thursday, the 27th of October. The federal government is under growing pressure this morning to take urgent action to ease the cost of living crisis after shock new inflation numbers. Yesterday, the CPI figures showed inflation has increased from 6.1 to 7.3%, hitting a 32-year high. It comes just a day after the new federal budget, which predicted energy prices will also soar by more than 50% over the next two years. Federal Treasurer Jim Chalmers warning there are tough times ahead saying inflation is public enemy number one. We see what rising prices means for families, taking more from hip pockets and pushing people closer to the edge. It keeps us awake. And whether it's food, whether it's electricity, whether it's rent, inflation is the dragon we need to slay. The opposition will tonight present its budget reply with leader Peter Dutton telling Sky News he thinks the Albanese government has broken election promises heard the Prime Minister promise 97 times before the election that they would reduce power prices by $275. People took him at his word, they trusted him and now it just hasn't been delivered. Quite the opposite with massive increases uh, and increases that people literally can't budget for. And joining us now for his analysis is economist Peter Switzer from the switzerreport.com.au. Peter, good morning. Everyone, of course, knows inflation is certainly a problem, but no one expected the shock inflation numbers to be as high as they were yesterday. And, of course, the big question is, what does this mean for interest rates? Yes, and you're exactly right. It's been driven by the floods effects on food prices, rising rents, home building costs, as well as the price of furniture. And now economists were surprised and are tipping that the RBA will raise interest rates by 0.25% in November and December. And there's also the possibility that the Reserve Bank might think we better shock the, um, the economy with a big 0.5% rise in November on Melbourne Cup Day. So what's the chance of that, Peter? Because some may argue, although the Reserve Bank is starting to increase the official cash rate and subsequently interest rates are continuing to increase, it's not stopping mm. inflation. No, and I think that's the possibility that the Reserve Bank government might say, if I give 2.25 rises, that might not send a strong enough signal that he wants prices to come under control. So Melbourne Cup Day, we might win on the cup, but we could easily lose with a big interest rate rise. Yeah, absolutely. And Peter, of course, this isn't good news for the federal government just, you know, the afternoon after they handed down their first budget and there's growing pressure on the federal government to do more to ease the cost of living pressures, especially with predicted jump in power prices. Yeah, um, we're talking about a world energy crisis, if you could believe the International Energy Agency. But Jim Chalmers, the Treasurer, it has been talking about reducing the costs of living over time, but this budget really hasn't offered much. But he is now thinking about putting a cap on the price of gas, which indicates that political pressure is starting to get through to the Treasurer. All eyes will certainly be on the Reserve Bank on Melbourne Cup Day. Thanks so much, Peter. Cheers. Today's other news now, and experts hope proposed changes to Australia's Privacy Act will help make major companies more accountable when it comes to the storage of personal data. 
Companies repeatedly found in breach of the law could be fined as much as $50 million, while the legislation currently before Parliament also calls for improved enforcement and communication around breaches. It comes after it was revealed yesterday the cyber hack at Medibank is much larger than initially feared, the company admitting all of the personal data of up to 4 million customers, including personal claims information, has been compromised. Cybersecurity expert Vanessa Teague believes the proposed changes will be an important step forward with more major corporations like Optus and Medibank being targeted by cyber criminals. People's ethics tends to be greatly improved if they're incentivised with tougher fines and stronger regulations. So I certainly support the effort to hold companies more strongly accountable. Meantime, a Sydney man is set to face court today charged over an alleged SMS scam involving information obtained in the major Optus data hack. The Australian Federal Police arrested the 19-year-old last month after he allegedly sent almost 100 text messages to Optus customers demanding $2,000 in ransom. To WA, a woman has been killed and six children injured, some seriously, after a horror crash. The 30-year-old driver died at the scene after the crash between a Kia van and a cement truck in the state's Wheatbelt region. The children, aged between 1 and 14, were rushed to hospital, all suffering a number of injuries. A man has had to undergo surgery overnight after being shot by police outside a Woolworths store in Sydney's southeast. Our reporter Sasha Barbagat says officers were attempting to arrest the 26-year-old yesterday afternoon. That's right, Tash. Just before 4.30, police were called to the suburb of Matraville following reports a man armed with a knife was assaulting two women. When officers arrived on the scene and tried to arrest him, it's alleged he threatened them with the knife before police discharged both a taser and a firearm. The man was taken to St Vincent's Hospital with a gunshot wound to his thigh. This worker has told Nine it was a confronting scene. I heard a loud bang. I just saw a guy running out of our store. He had a bottle of alcohol with him and just running away from the police. An investigation into the circumstances surrounding the incident is underway, which will also be subject to an independent review. There are reports of another major COVID outbreak on a cruise ship heading to Australia. Quantum of the Seas is travelling from Hawaii and is set to dock in Brisbane next week. More than 2,000 passengers are on board with reports hundreds of people have tested positive to COVID, a claim the company is yet to officially confirm. Meantime, it comes as another cruise ship remains off WA's Midwest coast with a number of passengers on board also testing positive to COVID. Our reporter Adam Hemmings has the details from Perth. Tash, around 100 infected guests on the Coral Princess have been isolating in their cabins for the last few days. In a statement, Carnival Australia and P&O Cruises say they're being cared for by medical and support staff and all cases have been asymptomatic and mildly symptomatic. There are nearly 2,000 passengers on board the ship. It was meant to dock in Geraldton this morning, but there's adverse weather. Instead, it'll arrive in Fremantle tomorrow, then head to Bustleton and Albany. Albany Mayor Dennis Wellington says he has a few concerns ahead of its arrival. We have 30% of our population are over 60. So um, I'd like to see what the health department's got to say and about how it's going to be handled. Time for Sport Now with Brett Thomas and Brett Donnell. Wallam could not have scripted a better debut for the Diamonds last night. She was sensational. 
unbelievable uh, task given the three weeks from hell that she has had. She's been blamed, of course, for costing Netball Australia that $15 million sponsorship with Hancock uh, prospecting. Well, last night, finally given her chance to debut, she didn't let them down. Eight goals in the last quarter, including the match winner against England. She finds proud Wallum to win it for Australia. Could you have written that if you tried? And she was understandably emotional afterwards. I was kind of relieved to finally get my chance on court. Yeah, it's been one of the toughest few weeks of my life. So to finally get out there and just play in this dress was just really special. And yeah, it kind of makes the last couple of weeks feel like a bit of a blur. All of that audio with thanks to Fox Sports. Yeah, absolutely fantastic effort. And Ireland has done it again, Brett, stunning England at a World Cup. Yeah, back in 2011, they managed to uh, stun England at the one-day World Cup. Now they've done it in the T20 format with a lot of help from the rain last night at the MCG. Play was called off and the target had been uh, revised down to 110, so England at that stage were five runs short. Still, Captain Andy Balburnie says it's one of the greatest wins he's been a part of. I've played in this team for a number of years and we've never had a result like this. And the knock-on effect is wins like tonight will hopefully trigger a a bit of an interest back home. Now, the Irish upset is a major boost to Australia's hopes of making the semi-finals as they prepare to face England tomorrow night. The Aussies need to settle on their lineup with question marks still surrounding the form of skipper Aaron Finch and now Pat Cummins. Triple M's Greg Blewett believes selectors will stick with what they know. And I think they've they've gone all in with Aaron Finch. Now, you can agree with that or you or you don't. I think Australia have really shown their hand. They're just, they've got their starting lineup, and I think they're going to stick with it. Now, speaking of lineups, the Kangaroos are looking to settle on their lineup ahead of the Rugby League World Cup uh, clash with Italy on Sunday. And just in some AFL news, uh, North Melbourne has finally given Alastair Clarkson the green light to begin work at Arden Street next week, amid, of course, the ongoing racism investigation uh, uh, during his time at the Hawks, Tash. Brett, thanks so much. Thank you. And we finally have some good news from the Bureau of Meteorology with the weather experts predicting this third La Nina event currently causing havoc across the country will end in a few months. Earlier modelling had predicted the current La Nina would likely decline over spring, but the Bureau's Jonathan Howe says that's been pushed back until early next year. A latest update has confirmed that we are still in La Nina. It is uh, going to continue through November and likely December, but we are still expecting above average rainfall for much of the um, east of Queensland, New South Wales, Victoria, Tasmania. And at this stage, we are expecting it to weaken off early in 2023. And that's all you need to know to start your day with Australia Today's Morning Agenda in your podcast feed from 7am every weekday morning. You can also catch the latest episode on a whole new world of audio by downloading the Listener app for free. I'm Natasha Belling. Thanks so much for your company. Have a great day and we'll see you tomorrow. Listener.